Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Wednesday. And you know what that means in the world of the Under Review Show? That means Daily Fantasy Day. I want to rename Wednesday to Daily Fantasy Day because since last week and all of one full seven-day cycle, we have been playing and betting on Daily Fantasy with the good guys from Rodar Radar. And we're going to continue to do this till the end of time, by the way. Uh, because daily fantasy is my new uh, my new thing. It's it's the new fun. It is the new hotness in terms of my sports betting life. And here on the Under Review Show, hi, I am Damon D, hanging out with you every single week. The sports apocalypse is upon us, and I am here to get us through it. Part of the things that I do is I find places and people and stuff for us to talk about and bet on every single week. And on Wednesdays, well, we started a new thing. It's it's daily fantasy. And uh, if you haven't played it, I've uh, uh, you're in good shape. You're in good hands here because neither had I. And so we went and found some of the best minds in it to come and hang out with us and talk about daily fantasy. Of course, uh, this podcast is brought to you by the good people of betonline.ag. They don't have daily fantasy there, but it doesn't matter because all of the information you find here is going to help you in every aspect of your sports betting life. In fact, it's going to help you in every aspect of your life. You're going to be nicer to your children. You are going to drink less. You will get in better shape. Just by listening to this podcast, it's unfreaking believable. I've got to bring the guys on now. Um, two just phenomenal gentlemen who join me uh, and who will be joining me every single week. They do a couple things. They 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 put up with my um, complete ignorance to uh, what daily fantasy is and is going to be. Um, and then um, and then they also give fantastic advice because they are um, actual professionals in this field to which I one day aspire to be. Uh, on the one hand, um, we have a man who is familiar with the Under Review show. He's joined us for the aftermath all football season last year, and now he's back on Wednesdays, and he'll probably be back on the aftermath on Mondays when football season comes back. It is Mr. Sean Pfeiffer, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Sean Pfeiffer, how do you do, sir? I'm doing great, man. It feels so good to have baseball back. And I'll just say this. I thought my intros on, on our podcast were pretty good. Like I, I, you know, listen, D, I've been complimented. I've been complimented a few times, a good amount of times for the amount of, well, the, the quality content that I provide during my intros. I don't think I can, I can hold anything to yours. Like that was, I, I feel like I can go run seven miles right now. And, okay, and you know, yeah. through a brick you know, wall or, or whatever, maybe I'll go run seven miles while we're on the podcast. Maybe I'll do it with the mask on, obviously. Uh, great to be back. Um, you know, the, I am so happy for so many different reasons. One, we're now a weekend to baseball and that's just crazy to say, I mean, looking back four months ago, I'm, I'm just super, super pumped that that's the case. And we have basketball returning tomorrow. So it's like, this is life is good, man. The pieces, like <laughs> all of the things that, that we're missing from my life, which it's a big part of my life. They're all starting to come back together, man. So this is, you know, life, life is good. I'm happy. Oh, man, it's just happy to hear that everybody's rolling along. And, and that's the thing. Like, it's not like this whole like a point of our lives. And that, that's how I call it. Like this whole isolation pandemic thing is just this. This is going to be a, a, a point in our lives that we're going to reflect upon. Yeah. It was made so much more worse because there was no sports. No sports. And, and, and there was nothing to do. Like, I'm a boring ass dude. Like, I don't. Yeah. And I bore myself and, too, and, and the people around me. And it just yeah. it's just this perpetual snowball of this of this this internal 
like horribleness of boredom and 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 nothingness. And uh, now it's back. And even even it's kind of crappy right now because of other reasons. It's still entertaining me. Um, and speaking of entertaining me, um, there's another gentleman um, who you know very well, um, part of the Rotor Radar family. This guy's um, yeah, another professional daily fantasy dude. Um, the, uh, the the man himself, Mr. Mr. Josh Reimer. Yeah, hello. Nice to be here. Great to be here, actually. It's a great Wednesday with a lot of baseball, and I, I agree with you guys. I mean, it's just so exciting to have this back again because I missed it so much, and we were just on the cusp of having it right when the coronavirus hit us, and then we lost it, and now it's back, and it's been it, rolling, yeah. and even with it kind of being in jeopardy because of the Marlins, we still have it, and it's still rolling along, so I, I just can't. I love talking about baseball, and I can't wait to talk about baseball today. Yeah, it's so good. So, uh, folks, uh, if you're listening, this is our, our Wednesday is our daily fantasy show. We're going to talk a bit about the state of the union of daily fantasy and my experience in um, delving into this wild new world. Um, we're going to talk a bit about uh, you know tips and tricks of the state of the union with these guys on uh, on how their first week has gone, and then uh, and then those these guys, um, Josh and, and Sean, are just going to going to light it up. And they're going to get into the nitty gritty uh, for the for the last half of the show, and they're going to talk about the actual matchups that are happening um, today, in the next few days, but today mostly, and uh, and where your where their money's going, and, and give you some advice on how you're going to strategize your daily fantasy bets. I'm going to play some and see and see what happens. Um, if you guys are good with that, let's get into the show. Let's talk a bit about uh, uh, my first daily fantasy experience. So, um, how about this? Uh, we do a show last Wednesday. We talk a bit about it. I, I, I piece together um, most of my team for my uh, piece together my team. I, I, I did a ten dollar entry in in the like the two hundred thousand people million dollar jam. Right, this is the first dip in my toe in the waters. See how I do. Um, you know, I pine back and forth. It gets really crazy. It's actually really fun. Um, it, it reminded me of actual fantasy like football when you have a you know your flex guy or you know that 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 poor receiver because it's a bye week oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. you got two guys and you're like can he go but he's like he does well what what kind of defense you know i mean they play man and he doesn't do you know what i mean you're doing that and i found myself doing that which i love to do um and then uh and then i went out picked up kid from school did whatever blah, blah, blah. game started came back um and uh and 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 may is on the mound for the dodgers and i believe there was a frantic all caps text message to um um to you, Sean, um, saying, who is May? Why is May on the mound? Oh, no. Oh, gee. What, <laughs> what is May doing? I've never That's heard That's so of funny. It's just all cap, frantic, so hands. I'm, I'm going, where? What did I race in the house and turn on the game to? to be like, I went to the Like, bottom of the Who is May? Why is May here? Oh, my God. All right. So, here, listen. Step number one. one. Yeah. Be getting you access to the Roto Radar Discord where we update everything in real time. Okay, yes. step one is going to be that because there's a lot of people in there that essentially what we do is we update everything in real time. So if somebody goes down, we tell you, hey, these are the pivots that you should make and, and adjust accordingly. I am so sorry that I missed that text message. Uh, and let me just say, let me just say this: it, it was an absolute whirlwind on opening day between members and well, sweating out everything and getting all the research process done. So let's, you know, step one D. Let's get you get you access to the real time updates. Uh, okay. Move. Okay. Let's, 
bad. Well, I would have been it anyway. Like, like that's the thing. I was out. Like, uh, I, I, I said it and forget it, right? Like, I just didn't. I hadn't. I don't have the experience to be like, hey, sure. Um, sure, you sure. know, I, I have 37 things in fantasy football that give you, like, injury updates and game right. time decisions and, right. and things like that. Like, you know, you're, you're pretty dialed. But it only happens, like, you got two and a half points a day right. on one day of the week that you really have to pay attention to it. And you always, you kind of know. And to be uh, fair, so, you don't normally get late scratches. You, you know, yeah, nothing happens in baseball that often. Like you know, three, four days out, whose starting pitcher is going to be? So, um, so I hadn't seen it, and then, uh, and then um, after the frantic text message explosion that I sent you, um, um, I realized I did not even submit my lineup to. Oh. I didn't press go. Perfect. I was back and Perfect. forth on it. And I, like, honestly, I was going back and forth before I took off. And it was just like, okay, okay. And I had, I finally had it. And then I thought, I guess I thought to myself, okay, I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll let this go for a minute. I'll digest this. And then I'll, and I'll start it. No start. Boom. Wow. Save my 10 bucks. Missed out on a million dollars, probably. Yeah. Um, but you know but, what? It's okay. That's, we chalk that up as a win, right? We chalk yeah. it up as a win. That's, chalk you know. So, um, what so on that on that amazing note of my first experience, which was just this, you know, it's a crash course. This is baptism by fire here, right? I had the sink or swim introduction to it. I got all the advice, I had all the information yeah. that I needed, and then and then I had a couple of things, you know, curveballs thrown my way, pun intended. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot, though. I know now what to do. I know that I need to pay more attention. I know I need to lock it in and be prepared to change it. You know what I mean? This is this is a. Um, yeah. it, was, it was all a great learning, but I, I'm sure even just as a rookie in this, you guys also had some learnings because this isn't baseball as we know baseball no, to be not. right now. Um, and it, a lot of the strategy and handicapping behind these games and players is the same. Um, the, the, the state of the union of major league baseball right now, it's, it's gotta be wild for you guys to be in there knowing something so well and being so meticulous with your analysis and having such great success to be. Um, adding this extra layer of uncertainty and, and craziness to it. Sean, talk to me a bit about your first week of, of DFS in baseball and, and what adjustments you had to made, make for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toot my own horn here, and I'm going to do it just because I, I genuinely believe that we have a gigantic edge over the field. And, and I'll just say this. Let's let the stats and let's let the numbers speak for themselves. I'm 5-0 and oh this MLB season. I Whoa. have not lost an MLB slate. I have not lost one. Um, I am officially five and zero through the first week. I, I don't play on the weekends, so I don't know if you you know that. Josh actually fills in for me on the weekends, um, oh. and he provides all the content for Roto Radar members every Saturday and Sunday. With that being said, I have not lost a slate yet, um, and and to that point, there are so many optimizers that are broken right now, and we we need to talk about this. Optimizers in daily fantasy sports are exactly what they sound like. It's an algorithm-based tool that pulls in all the data that we talk about on the podcast and essentially makes a quote-unquote optimal lineup. The problem with optimizers is it doesn't account for a lot of variance, a lot of variance. So these tools, they can't look and watch a game. They can't, like, it is purely based on the numbers. They're not seeing all the things that we're seeing on a day-to-day basis, and they're not able to adjust on the fly as quickly as we are when there's moving parts like Clayton Kershaw being out. With that being said, having the ability to be flexible is, it's not only, like, a choice. It is imperative to be successful this MLB season, and I can only imagine what COVID's going to look like in the NBA. Even though, you know what? To that point. 
We got our test results back today. Did you see those, D, for the NBA? Yeah, yeah. well, no. 300, no. 334 Wait. people tested on July 20th in the bubble. Okay. That's the total amount of NBA athletes in the bubble. 334 tested. Take a guess how many people tested positive. Well, NHL went zero. They went over. So that's mm-hmm. a pretty that's pretty big. But you seem pretty excited. I'm gonna say, yeah. I'm gonna say five. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Okay. Not one. And that was nine days ago. Dude. Bubble. It's a Not, bubble, man. The, the bubble working. Bubble. It's the bubble. Anyways, to that point, I still think that variance is gonna be an issue in NBA. I think you'll still see COVID cases and you'll still see late scratches. Right. You're you're yeah. going to. My point with this is. It's the world that we live in, but you have to be flexible. You have to be, and that's a great point that you brought up with Clayton on, on opening night. You have to have the ability to, I mean, and it, it's it's tough to say this. If you're going to invest and you're going to commit, you know, say a couple of hundred dollars into a slate, you got to be prepared like an hour before lot guys to, to be ready to dissect this information. Obviously, there's sources out there like us that can help you dissect that information, but you have to be flexible uh, in daily fantasy sports and be ready to, to make those last second pivots uh, from player A to player B. So, you know, to that point, we've had, I think, three scratches out of the five days. Um, and so far, everything's going great, man. Five and oh, I have not in, in all five wins haven't just won in cash games, not just double ups, not just 50 50s. I have won all five slates so far in GPPs too. those big guaranteed prize pool contests. Um, we have not missed yet so far, D. Yeah, um, okay. Well, I mean, hold the success aside. Let's, um, I need to hear from you, uh, um, Josh, like what, what has, what has changed for you? you you play a different style. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely than Sean does, right? He's, he's very meticulous. He picks these groupings and he picks this, the, the things you're, you're just hammering at it. Yeah. Full on. <laughs> like super let's let's go at it how does this change for you yeah it changes a lot of things i mean it kind of goes towards what sean says it's just paying a lot more attention to these scratches i mean we've already seen a few scratches in today's uh dfs then we've seen a few players scratch from starting lineups it's only going to happen more and more as the season goes on with mlb so it's paying really really close attention to the news that's breaking about these players and also another big thing is these pitchers are not pitching to their usual pitch counts usually you see pitchers pitch around 90 pitches or 100 pitches a game you're seeing a lot of aces guys that are really good stars players like zach grinke and degrom end up only pitching two innings because they're not fully stretched out because mm-hmm. we're starting the season so late so you really have to dig deep into your research and make sure that you know that your pitcher is almost guaranteed to go a deep amount of innings and if it doesn't you're pretty much lost on a slate yeah yeah i mean yeah i guess you just it's not like the information isn't out there but like what do you do when you have a hundred plus games you're in the middle of though and and something like this scratch happens Oh, it's just, it's a scramble. It's a bit of a scramble. And that's why I have to, like, last hour before lock, I'm paying complete attention to my lineups and making sure everything's good, checking it every single minute that I possibly can. And it's just paying super close attention to it. And it's not like, usually you don't have to pay super close attention to it in MLB because usually everything is set. You get the lineup of batters. It's set it and forget it almost. You get the lineups three hours before the game and you're usually fine. But you just have to play. It's almost like NBA DFS because NBA DFS is the the best resemblance of it where you just have to pay really close attention to injury news and all the news that comes out on these players. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and it, it, it's changing. You know, baseball is one of the those great uh, those great fantasy games to play too, because um, there are so many games, but n- not a lot changes in them. You know what I mean? You're tinkering with you, you know your uh, uh, your roster, you know, from week to week for uh, you know for your categories, right? It's like you're down in steals or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just a tinkering thing. That's the fun part about it. Um, whereas now though, they changed it. They've added that extra layer of like, I don't even know if I'm going to start her here, but luckily, uh, I didn't screw myself out of any money. Um, That's well great. maybe I, I mean, you guys look at it as like a bit, basically a win. I look like a, like I lost a million bucks because I felt pretty confident about understanding it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really a tough, tough one. Now guys, uh, we had two games last week that we talked about, right? It's two games on the, on the, on the slate. Um, um, ended up one getting kind of rain, rained out in, in, in five, and then the other one just uh, blowing my mind for starters and scratches and stuff. It was a wild, it was a wild start. Now what do we got? We got eight, nine, nine, games nine today. We have yeah. nine games tonight. Uh, Sean, how many of these games are you going to be in on tonight? Uh, there's, I think, of the nine games, so 18 teams, about half of them I have interest in. So of the entire slate, there's there's about half that you can literally scratch off that, that you should not be targeting. And we can dive into it. We can get into all the numbers. I'm curious to hear your thoughts before we do all that, D. What, what are your thoughts on the MLB's polls? What are your thoughts on, like, what what everything has looked like with the Marlins? Derek Jeter's organization now all of a sudden not playing until next week and potentially not playing for the rest of the season. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I'm curious to to unpack that before we uh, before we really dive head first into tonight's slate. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my first impression was like uh, um, the fact that it, it's a team in Florida was like, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds sounds about right. It's probably going to be where it's going to start and uh, and who's going to completely butcher this whole thing. Um, the second thing that came up is that um, I feel like the MLB is the worst um, um, managed league out of it's, any league maybe what a joke, on the man. planet. Like there are um, there are like convict drunken beer league bowling teams in Tallahassee that are run better than the Major League Baseball is. Dude, it's so commissioner to ever exist. I can't even fathom, and I don't even think I'm saying I liked any other commissioners in any other league. So bad, so blatantly dumb, so transparently obtuse in how they did the entire thing. Where all these other leagues, you want to talk about a a commissioner and Silver, the what he's doing today? Amazing, amazing. That's how you do it. This is you. You you are intelligent. You're proactive. Um, you know, I mean, all of the things that you need to do to be successful in, in what the current, um, atmosphere that these guys have to play in guys, and girls have to play in, um, he's nailing it. And then you have another league and you look the other way and you just go like, what is the matter with you? So that's literally when, when I talk major league baseball, I go, you're, we're, we're pretty close. Like, is it completely unheard of right now that this, this whole thing might just come to a halt? You know what I mean? I don't think so. I'll let Ash speak on it. Cause I know he has pretty strong yeah. opinions about it. Um, yep. Ash, if you want to jump in, and then I'll, I'll piggyback and just to talk to your points about how other leagues just got it right and the MLB got it wrong. But Josh yeah. has a pretty strong stance as, as far as the, the MLB season playing out this year. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I honestly, I mean, like, how does it play? It doesn't play out, in my opinion. There's Unless you're in a bubble in 2020 and probably 2021 as well, unless yeah. you are in a bubble, you are probably not going to play out a whole season. It's just not feasible. There are so many COVID cases going through the Marlins right now. I think they're up to 19 today. We're not hmm. sure if COVID 19 cases. 19 of 33, guys. Yeah. 19 of 33. Almost 33. more than half of the team. And with the Phillies, they might get COVID cases too. They just passed their second test. No one got the virus but the virus is supposed to show up either tomorrow through saturday so they're going to keep testing them as well if they have coronavirus cases i would not be surprised to see the mlb put the league on pause for two weeks yeah and the problem with that so we'll we'll talk about a couple of things here then i know we need to dive into tonight's slate but the problem with that is there's a lot of talks around circles and, and a lot of circles that i trust in the industry that are saying if this happens, they're going to suspend the league for a few weeks until they can quarantine everybody on the Phillies and the Marlins and everything else. The issue is, if they do that, D, it's just going to happen again in a month. It's just, like we're, we're, we're fighting a, a losing battle here because if we go suspend the league for two weeks, what are we going to do the next time that it spreads through a clubhouse? You know, like it, it's just totally. going to happen again. So that's the issue. Here's where I differ with Josh, though, and I differ pretty strongly about it, which is why I wanted him to go first here. I think the the MLB plays this season out. I think they do. And let me tell you why. There is so much money and there is so much negativity surrounding how they have handled everything, how, how, how they've done everything. Manfred has handled the entire situation from the start. I think he's just going to bulldoze his way through this season to the point of the only way that baseball stops playing is if all of the people that are the smartest when it comes to health are saying that they have to stop. I, I would be shocked if they didn't just find a way. There's minor league systems. There's AAA affiliates, AA affiliates. Baseball has more tools at, at pro teams' disposals than any Sport, any professional sport. So these guys that aren't getting paid in, in AAA or AA, they could get called up and play for these big league rosters. I know it's not an ideal situation, but I think it's a situation you're going to see. I really do. Um, and because of that, I think baseball plays the season out. I genuinely do. I think they just find a way. I think there's too much money at stake here. I think there's too much reputation at stake here. I think that they find a way to, to just bulldoze their way through this season. And I don't think it's going to be pretty, to be honest with you, because here's the reality. NBA is in a bubble. WNBA is in a bubble. NFL, not going to be in a bubble, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. NHL in a bubble. We're, we're talking about all of these different, well, to an extent. We're talking about all these different, TBT, the basketball tournament that was in the middle of July. If you guys watch that tournament, just as it's a very small sample size, but just as an example of how successful you can be at combating the coronavirus, they they had 0% transmission between like day 9 and the end of the tournament. Yeah, I, I mean, here's here's the deal. Um, it's not like we don't know how to stop the spread of this. Exactly. This is the most bizarro thing about this entire pandemic is that are proven examples of how yeah. you get it done that right. exist out there. You just right. look at it. And so this is what's happening with like Major League Baseball. They just, they look over and they go, uh, they go, oh crap, you know, we got to figure out this pandemic thing. How are we going to do that? And then, and then somebody, I'm sure somebody just goes, well, hey, look at that there. You see that? That's how you do it. And then the MLB goes, oh, okay. Um, Let's just travel not, all over the yeah. US. Yeah, we're yeah. Not gonna, 
or, or they go like, you know, how, how do you how do you get it? Well, um, yeah, if you have con- more contact with people, um, other, like outside of like a bubble, you, you're more likely to get it. And the MLB goes, uh, okay, well, we're just going to do that then. How can we yeah. maximize the contact that these people get with other people? It's so Let's stupid. We're that. counting on – and that's the thing that people aren't taking into account. You're counting on every single person on a 40-person ball, ball club not driving through a fast food restaurant on their way back from a game. You're, you're counting yeah, on them – you know, you, like, you're, you're counting on them to not hang out with their friends. You're counting on yeah. – like it takes all 40 to do the right thing. If one person fucks it up, Damon. Like it literally it's game over for the whole team. We're looking at it with the Marlins, you know, so it's exactly it. it only takes one. But the, and it, the absurdity of this entire thing um, is is inlaid in the fact that there are proven examples of how you do it yeah. and proven examples of how you don't do it. And if you make a conscious decision to do the the technique that fails, then you are a failure. Yeah. And when you as as um as you say, like you think they're going to forge ahead. I really feel like the scrutiny and the level of just criticism yeah. against the commissioner and the MLB is going to reach a, a, a level point where they have to. Yeah, he's just going to be like, like, be like, fuck, we <laughs> just have to stop this all. Yeah, now. like I really think it's just it's so it's just so poorly handled and managed, and it's so transparent when you sit next to. NBA and NHL who did the technique they had zero like zero I remember when it first came out with like MLB or even the NFL like uh first round of testing where they're not even like at training camp and there was like 75 and you're just like hey that's manageable I'm like that's okay like what right. a world we live in now three weeks later where it's like no guys you can do zero by the way we can do none and play a whole freaking season and it's gonna be awesome yeah and no one's you know what I mean and then you go like I think it's just gonna pop the pile on especially if the Philly stuff goes down, you guys. I think yeah. the pylon is going to be so intense that they're going to have to do something. And I'm talking from every angle. Fans, players, politically, medical professionals, it's just going to be really, really bad. And, uh, and I think they might have to. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be an interesting yeah. thing to uh, it's going to be an interesting thing to look at. I'll be curious to look over at our friend's site at, at Bet Online and see if they have odds up of of whether the MLB season will finish or not. Because yeah, that's I'm, I'm going to make know, that, sure they get those up. That could be that could be a really I mean, a fun bet. I mean, I hate to say like fun using <laughs> COVID, you know, but like truthfully, that could be something that you know people could take advantage of or at least you know have fun trying to. Um, last thing that I would say is I, w- I was talking to, to Jen about the whole thing and, and you know, just kind of pitching like ideas back and forth of how they could have done it better. And, and something that we kind of landed on was like, why didn't they I get it. Baseball, you have a lot of players right on the team, similar to, to the NFL, NFL even more so. Right. So it's it's tough to bubble that many athletes. Right. It's yep. very, very tough. Why didn't what they did? Why, why didn't they just all play like in a few state region why didn't they play say texas maybe not texas because covid cases are nuts right now but pick an area of the u.s where everybody only has to take buses you know to each other's stadiums you know and and like make oh, it like a bubble like a big <laughs> like a big like bubble. multiple yeah, bubbles yeah exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. Huge, I, I couldn't agree with you more i couldn't agree with you more um it it yeah it it's just it's not like there's no solutions out there which is really the frustrating thing about it it's like it's like their solution was just like let's just figure let's just see what happens 
Just everybody play. Yeah. Everybody play yeah. at your home ballpark all over yeah. the U.S. Everybody, everybody. Well, there's not no fans, and everything will be fine. Like I don't know what boardroom they all sat across the table, and everybody looked at each other and said, "Yeah, this." It's like it's the meme, like dog meme in the fire room. Right? <laughs> they were just burning around. This is them, fine. Yeah, this is fine. Like the, the outside, there's a pandemic. The country's shutting down. They're in a boardroom and they're just like, "Yeah, you know, no, you know what? Let's just just kind of go, go and do it and see. Yeah, it'll we'll, we'll make it. We'll be fine." I bet you they said something like, "Oh, we'll get a couple cases here and there." You know what I mean? Like I, I know we'll it. We'll deal with just, it as we get them. Once again, yeah. the more the more you talk about it, the more you really kind of think and, and sort of peel away the layers of the onion of where they are now, um, it just gets stupider and stupider. And uh, and I and I, it's the commission. It's from the top down. And uh, I, I didn't like anything. Like, you already rubbed me the wrong way, the, you know, last six months. But this is just like next level worst I've ever seen. Guys, we got some games to go over, though. Yeah. I, I don't want to keep you guys all day. Um, we got to talk a bit about how how we're going to get through this here and and, and how, how my strategy differs from only having two games last week. I had two games to choose from last week. I just picked my, my guys. Now, is it going to be the same for me this week? Am I going to do um, like a similar style where I go uh, I have 10 bucks? for a million dollars competing against a hundred thousand people um, with the classic 10 player lineup, spend my 50 grand. Um, is that what I'm doing? Yeah. They have a hundred thousand dollar guaranteed contest on FanDuel tonight that I would, I would highlight a hundred thousand to first. It's a $400,000 guaranteed prize pool. So really good contest over there. If you're going to max multi enter, if you're going to play a whole bunch of lineups, uh, some other really good contests around the industry, but hey, Josh. Without further ado, let's 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 do the damn thing. Let's jump head first into tonight's slate. And uh, Josh, I'll let you, if you want, just yeah. kind of do every lead here, and and oh, let's go game to. by game and fly through it. Yeah, let's fly through. Let's start talking about it. We're starting at the seven o five game, which is the Brewers facing off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. We have Joe Musgrove on the mound for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and on the other side, we have Brandon Woodruff for the Milwaukee Brewers. Sean, let's start with Brandon Woodruff facing off against these Pittsburgh hitters. I talked to you about it yesterday. These pits, this Pirates team has just been absolutely awful to start out the year on offense. They're one of the lowest in the league when it comes to weighted on base average when it comes to batting average when it comes to strikeouts everything can you consider Brandon Woodruff in cash games today I love Brandon Woodruff's skill set his xFIP which is the number that that you study to understand whether a pitcher is good or bad it, it is the best deep analytical tool and we'll highlight it almost with every single pitcher on the slate anything over four is considered around league average Anything over 4.5 is considered pretty bad. Anything over 5 is you're a gas can. You can target against them. Anything under 4 is considered really good. His is 3.33. Brandon Woodruff is a phenomenal pitcher. Uh, this is somebody that I really like a lot. And in looking at this Pittsburgh team, they rank in the bottom 5 in all of baseball and total runs scored so far through a week. You can attack them. The only issue, Josh, it's always been their issue. They don't strike out. So, you know, because of that, you have low K rates. Adam Frazier in the leadoff spot. Obviously, your leadoff hitter is not going to strike out much. 11% K rate is amazing. Uh, 17% K rate for their superstar, Josh Bell, former All-Star. And then low K rates through the rest of their lineup. As much as I love Woodruff and as much as I really don't think Pittsburgh scores a lot of runs tonight, I'm a little worried about the upside with this lineup. Yeah, and the other worrisome thing with Woodruff is he does struggle more against left-handed bats, and you have a lot of left-handed bats in this Pittsburgh lineup, you know? That's one thing they do do really well. They have six left-handed batters in this lineup, so a little bit concerning. I definitely understand the strikeout thing that you brought up, so a limited ceiling for Woodruff. Let's talk about the other side. Let's talk about Musgrove. He's performed well against his Brewers team before. He has a middling XFIP at 4.36. 
a decent K rate at 21%, and he has a really low price tag over on DraftKings. Sean, can you consider him tonight? I would say no, but Christian Yelich has looked like hot trash so far. He's looked terrible. And you take away, guys, for those that don't know, if you can literally X out the best hitter on a lineup, that that makes the lineup so much worse. Specifically this Brewers team, because you look top to bottom, I'm just not that scared of it this year, Josh. They lost Yasmani Grandal in the offseason. I know how good Keston Hira is, but outside of really Yelich and Hira... And maybe Braun? Braun's way past his prime. How worried are we about this Brewers lineup? I mean, seriously. A little bit, man. And I think the big thing for me in liking Joe Musgrove is the fact that I know he's going to have a high pitch count today. In his first game Mm -hmm. against the Cardinals, he had 99 pitches. It's a guaranteed thing. That's what I like about Musgrove so much at this low price tag. I think he makes for a good option in GPPs. And, Sean, I think he makes for a good option in cash games, too. Yeah, I don't hate it. He's cheap enough. Let's move on, Josh. I think just pitchers from this game. There's no reason to target hitters. I think it's just pitchers or bust. Yeah, let's move on to this next game. It's the Rays facing off against the Braves. Sum this one up quickly, Sean, because there's weather in this one. I don't think it's going to end up playing today. Do you think it's going to end up playing? And if so, who do you like? Yeah, I, looking at the weather in this game, I, I really would be surprised if they even started it because yeah. in the forecast, it looks like it's going to be pouring around first pitch and it never lets up all night. So, I mean, listen, we're recording this this show now three hour, three and a half hours before lock. I'd be shocked if this game played. Uh, and I think we'll get that news even before lock. So, Josh, I, on games that aren't going to play, I don't want to spend any time on it. Perfect. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Red Sox facing off against the Mets. The Mets have Jacob DeGrom on the mound, and the Boston Red Sox have Nathan Evaldi on the mound. Let's talk about DeGrom first. Let me just say one thing about this Red Sox team. They have looked lost at the plate, and I mean completely lost. Even against and on the, the mound. And, and on, on the mound. And on the mound, too. But mostly on the plate. I mean, even against the Baltimore Orioles, one of the worst pitching staffs in the whole entire league, they just look absolutely lost out there. No one's going to take DeGrom, I think, just because of the Red Sox face name. I I like the DeGrom quite a bit today as a GPP option. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, DeGrom against the Red Sox, if you're thinking like just general broad terms, it's kind of a scary proposition, right? Like you don't you don't typically want to do that. This Red Sox team is not the same team, though, guys. They lost Mookie Betts in the offseason. Their team is a shell of themselves. They rank bottom three in total runs scored so far this year, Josh. They're not hitting the ball well. They're not seeing the ball well. And they're dead last as far as the pitching staff. Their ERA is the worst in baseball. So th- this Boston team, man, it is not the same Boston Red Sox team that we've grown to love. No Chris Sale. Obviously, he's done for the season with an injury. Uh, there's no David Price. They lost him in the offseason as well. Their number one in their rotation is Nathan Evaldi. And, and when you have Evaldi as your number one, you're going to have a bad staff. That's just <laughs> there's no other ways around that. Uh, Evaldi looked terrible on opening day. I say terrible. I mean, he, he was playing against Baltimore. He did okay. I For me, I don't want to tar- target against this New York Mets team. And I think to that point, I think you can lock in some, some New York Mets lefties, right, against Nathan Evaldi? Definitely. There's quite a few in this lineup that I think are really good options today. You have Nimmo, who's probably going to be at the top of the lineup. Really like him. Like McNeil as well. I think. Confort- I mean, you can stack up this Mets team and feel pretty good about it. Because not only do you have Evaldi, who had an XFIP of 5 last year, that's not good whatsoever. You have a bullpen that's behind him that looks absolutely atrocious. Terrible. I mean, they look terrible. terrible. Could so, be worse in the league. Could yeah, be. it could be. It could take Baltimore's spot as one of the worst in the league. So I, okay, guys, I, can... I got to jump in here. 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The Grom, though, on my on my DraftKings is twelve grand. I know he's expensive. Now is he still now? What everything you're saying here is like, oh, this he's going to have a game against this pitiful Red Sox offense. But I'm also like, that's twelve grand of my. I wouldn't in one guy. That is a great point, D. And honestly, I'm glad you brought it up. I would not touch Degrom with a ten foot pole in cash games. So if you're nice. playing double cool. ups, anything else. You know that you're trying to double up your money tonight. He's he's a huge risk, very volatile play tonight. But in GPPs, so say like your your big guaranteed prize pool tournaments where you're trying to take it down. There's not many more pitchers on the slate. There's probably no pitcher on the slate that gives you more upside than Degrom. And the thing um, is, the thing is as well, Damon, is that's how the whole industry is going to react to his price tag. The whole industry is going to yeah, say, "Wow, that's real. That's a lot to pay for this guy. I don't know if I really want to pay up." Which means his ownership is going to be extremely low today, and that gives you an edge over the rest of the field. So I, I'm yeah. encouraged in the fact that you're saying that because it just means less ownership on him. Yeah. Boom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Posted. <laughs> great, great question there, D. I mean, yeah. seriously, and that that can be valuable insight because I'm sure there's things that you are going to be thinking and wondering as we go through these games here that every one of our listeners are too, right? So well, you know, hop deal. in it, and it, yeah, yell at us. Comes down to last week, like tinkering with my lineup. There, I yeah. was I was a hundred bucks on either side of it for like an hour and a half. Yeah, you know, man. like because it, it yeah. was like, and then and then you you go back in and you go, um, can I find a cheaper catcher out there? You know, and then you have to kind of dig in and find out where yeah. it is. Oh, no, I can't. So I have to, you know, sacrifice my third baseman who I wasn't really hot on. You know what I mean? It was like it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, but it now the, the, the aftershocks of that are I'm looking at that price tag now way closer than I was last week when I was just throwing around 50 grand putting together a lineup. Yeah. Um, I'm now going like, hey, 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 I need to find my value Absolutely. here in Absolutely. these guys. And that's and what's we'll be- important is their, their performance. Absolutely. And we're going to be walking you and, and every one of our listeners through the best value on today's slate. Uh, unfortunately, from this game, I don't know how much value you're going to get from it. If you're going to lock in some of these New York Mets, uh, you're going to pay a, a pretty hefty price tag. What are their prices over on DraftKings, Josh? Are you getting any savings on these Mets bats? Because if you are, yeah, Brandon Nimmo at 3500 in the leadoff spot. I think he's somebody that you could legitimately lock in today. Yeah. Uh, if he's in the leadoff spot, which obviously the lineups aren't out yet, so keep an eye on that. But if Brandon Nimmo is hitting leadoff, I, I love his price tag at 3500 and I like the lefties against Nathan Evaldi. So you could even mix and match with maybe a Michael Conforto at 4600 and get yourself a New York Mets mini stack. Josh, what do you think about those two plays specifically on DraftKings? Yeah, I like them both. I mean, as long as you can get savings from them, I think they're good options. Conforto is a little priced up, but you're paying up for him because he's a really solid bat. So High upside bat. Exactly. Yeah. I like them both. High all right, let's move on, Josh. Uh, outside of you're not taking Nathan Evaldi against the Mets, no. and 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 you're definitely not taking any hitters against Jacob Degrom. That's I'd rather play in traffic than do that. <laughs> uh, so with all that being said, let's just continue and and pump through the rest of the slate. Yeah, let's keep talking about it. Let's talk about this next game: the Royals and the Tigers. The Tigers have Matthew Boyd on the mound, while the Royals have Danny Duffy. I want to start off on this Royals hitter side because we're talking about these value bats, and I want to talk about a place that DraftKings just got wrong today. They completely priced him wrong Sean tell me how Salvador Perez is only 2700 in the catcher position on DraftKings I don't get it no sense I don't get it he's in the three hole he's guaranteed to start he's been red hot and he's been red hot he already has two home runs this year like how DraftKings got this so absolutely wrong I cannot state it enough 
Perez is a great play today and a great value play at that. If you watch Josh's Around the Bases on Storyfire and you looked at the thumbnail that we put up there last night previewing tonight's slate, you saw Salvador Perez. I watched the entire video, obviously, Josh, and and as soon as you said all the things that you just said and now again on the podcast about Salvador Perez, it's a lock and load. There's no reason that you should even think about playing another catcher on DraftKings. He is sub-3K. Anybody under under $3,000 is supposed to be like a 7-8-9 hitter in the lineup team. Like, this is as big of a free square as you will ever get at the catcher position. Uh, Salvador Perez, lock him in. Not to mention, I mean, Boyd, while he is a very, very talented pitcher, which is probably why his price is where it's at, he still gave up hard contact to right-handed hitters last year. To the tune, if you go back and look, his hard contact rate to right-handed hitters was a 42%, and his ground ball rate to righties, only a 33 That's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. And so you mix, mix those two numbers in, and all of a sudden, like, you don't just have a good price play. You don't just have a, a, a good foundational pillar to build around. You have a really good matchup against Matthew Boyd. Yeah, and, and the big thing about Matthew Boyd that you have to worry about is the strikeout rate. He had a 30% K rate last yeah. year. That's almost to the elite range. That's when you're talking about guys like Sale and Garrett Cole. But even so, Salvador Perez over his whole entire career has had a 15% K rate against lefties. In my opinion, you don't have to worry about the strikeouts. I think it's going to be perfectly fine with him. I also really like Whit Merrifield in this lineup. He's red hot. Sec- yeah, red hot right now. He's second base and outfield eligible over on DraftKings. And again, same case for him. He has a 15% or he had a 15% K rate last year against lefties. So you really don't have to worry about the strikeouts too much. Uh, Whit Merrifield and Salvador Perez makes for a really good mini stack, right, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. D, uh, I want to just bring you in to tell you this. DraftKings, I know you're a, you're a big DraftKings player and you like you like DK. So let's talk DK prices real quick. One of my favorite yep. ways to correlate in MLB DFS is the 135 in a lineup. And, and there's a lot of reasons to it and we can get into that on a different podcast. But 135 has won Rotorator members a lot of money over the last 5 years. The 135 on this Kansas City Royals team tonight is my favorite 135 of the entire slate if you're looking at saving money and giving you high ownership upside. With these three bats, Whitmerry red hot hit another home run last night. Salvador Perez just mentioned him at a weak catcher's position in the three hole, and then a young guy by the name of Ryan McBroom in the number five hole locked in. Lineups are already out three hours before lock. Shout out to Kansas City for making that possible. Ryan <laughs> Broom is hitting in the five hole tonight. He is stone cold minimum on DraftKings two thousand dollars. Two thousand. You, you, you're not going to get right uh, you're literally not going to get anybody that's cheaper on DK. If you play those three hitters on DraftKings, the rest of your line will be loaded with talent. Uh, so it is very easy to build a high upside lineup. I don't right? even so, think McBroom's got a uh, got a picture on DraftKings. Probably it's not. Like, it's, it's just like, it's like that shadow cutout with a name like McBroom. Do you even need a picture? Like, no, just, you don't. You know. McBroom is going to go boom tonight. Oh, I see yeah. what you did there. <laughs> uh, Josh, what do you think about that one three five? Yeah, I love it. Uh, the thing that worries me a little bit about McBroom is that he has a high K rate against lefties, or at least he did last year. But honestly, all he has to do is get a hold of one, and he's going to pay off that value of two K. So he can like get a it. walk. 
It'll yeah, you could get a lock and pay off that value. So yeah, I like I like the one three five there quite a bit, Sean. Let's move on to the other side. Let's talk about Danny Duffy. He had a middling start to the season, has an XFIP of five uh overall last year. Any interest in the Detroit Tigers hitters here? Yeah, the righties and good news, the Detroit Tigers have a lot of good righties in their lineup. Yeah. Uh they actually don't have and they have one lefty in their lineup, which is Christian Stewart. Everybody else, eight out of the other nine hitters in this lineup are hitting from the right-hand side of the plate. And Danny Duffy, while he's elite against lefties, really good, 31% hard contact rate with a 23% K rate against lefties. Super impressive numbers there. Uh, he is uh, what to call shit trash against righties. <laughs> so yeah. there's a uh, there's a good analysis for you guys. Terrible against right-handed hitters. And there's a couple of them on this Detroit team that, that see lefties well and hit them hard. Uh, the two at the top of my list would be Miguel Cabrera and Jonathan Scope. Josh, any... Any interest in either one of those two guys? If not, who do you have interest in on this Detroit team? Yeah, I like both of them. I think I like Crone the most, though. He has the history against Duffy. He's done well against him in the past. He does well against all of Daniel Duffy's pitches, which really helps him out. I like Crone a lot because he's really low priced today, too, on all sites, not just on DraftKings, also on FanDuel. So I, I really think you can make a sneaky Tiger stack here, and it works out pretty well. Yeah, okay. uh, let's move on. Um, let's let's keep moving here, guys. I, I think that if you're looking at a game stack, kind of a sneaky low-owned game stack, how about the Detroit Tigers and Kansas City Royals tonight? Yeah. Look, look no further than a... I mean, if you want to roster a whole lot of hitters from this game, I would not be mad at you one bit. Let's move on to the next game. Let's move on to the next game. It's the Dodgers facing off against the Astros. Oh, boy. Christian Javier on the mound making his major league debut <sighs> tonight for the Astros. And on the other side, we have Dustin May. Uh, let's talk about Javier. Sean, you are Who's our Astros. Dustin May? <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> we'll talk- Crazy redheaded guy that messed up my whole afternoon. Tell me about him. Look, let's talk about Dustin. I mean, Dustin May was really, really good last year. Had a 3.63 xFIP, had a K rate of 23%, had a really low walk rate as well. He's a decent pitcher, and he's going up against your Houston Astros, Sean. What do you think about him tonight? I, D, D, listen, bro. This is it. This is the spot. If you want a narrative of all narratives tonight, I'm going to give you one, okay? The Houston Astros and Dodgers, they're not best friends, okay? They're not playing tummy sticks. All right. This is a team that that they're they're not, you know, hanging out, grabbing some beers after the game. They legitimately hate each other. And, and there are some very good underlying reasons why the Houston Astros, in the Dodgers estimation, stole a World Series for, from them by stealing their signs. That's kind of a big deal. OK, uh, because of that the Dodgers really feel like they had a World Series title taken from them. I can understand the bitterness. I can get it. I'm an Astros fan, so like, there's not a lot of understanding for me, but I understand why they this, okay? With that being said, yesterday, as game one, since the, the allegations came out, D, since the allegations came out, you want to know what happened yesterday? I'll tell you what uh, happened. I do. I do. There, there was a fastball thrown at Alex Bregman's <laughs> face yesterday. At his face. And Alex, on a 3-0 count. I might add. So on a counter, literally, he had no business throwing another ball intentionally through a 97-mile-an-hour fast Joe Kelly at Alex Bregman's head. Okay? Yeah. Like, all jokes, guys, in baseball, if you never play baseball, if you hit somebody in the head with a 97-mile-an-hour, you could legitimately kill them. Okay? Like, that's not even an exaggeration. You turn, it hits your temple, you're dead. 
like or serious serious injuries. John Carlos Stanton a few years ago, formerly Mike Stanton, took a fastball to the face. Uh, he was out for I think a year, year and a half, um, and yeah, it's literally, it's a it's a really really big thing. Um, that being said, the Astros deserve to get hit, right? Like, <laughs> just don't hit the head, you know, hit them in their shoulders or legs or whatever. Anyways, Bregman was right because and, and he should have been pissed off. Three batters later, Carlos Correa, another one of the Astros stars, comes up to the plate. Joe Kelly strikes him out. Joe Kelly, on the way back to his dugout, makes little baby faces at Carlos Correa and mm-hmm. says, wham, 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 and like makes the little crying faces and said, how'd you like that strike, bitch? Said Ooh. Carlos Correa, as Correa's walking back to the dugout, back to the, yeah, back to the dugout, the entire, the entire Astros bench comes onto the field. And because of the COVID rules, you can't like, you, you can't do that, right? Like you, you can't, you can't have, Ball in the middle of the game, so everybody's exchanging, you know, heat, and and they Plus threw, he, and he threw at Correa the next damn it back, so back throw at Correa, and, and it's like, listen, as an Astros fan, I, there's a lot you have to draw as an umpire. They're like, okay, you're throwing at people's heads, toss the damn pitcher from the game, right? Yeah, Astros 100%. were pissed. Dodgers obviously still have a lot of resentment for the. Dodgers won the first game. They won yesterday. They're facing the most talented rookie on this Dodgers staff tonight. That's who is. Super, super talented. Put it this way. On opening day, Clayton Scratch, who do they start this place? On, on opening day, the pitcher, Justin May, right? He's very, he looks like Carrot Top on the mound. He, he, he has super long red hair and he literally looks like Carrot Top on the mound. But he's very talented. I'm going to tell you, Nobody's going to play the Houston Astros tonight. Nobody's going to play the Houston Astros tonight. I'm going to play because Dustin May is a pitcher that I respect a ton. I respect him tremendously. And the, the Dodgers bullpen is really, really good. With all of that being said, I still think apparently my mic is a little bit robot now. Can you guys hear me? Am I clear? On you you're guys going in? like you're yeah. going in and out constantly. Going in and out. Yeah, you got a little bit, a little bit of dip, right. dip, zap. Oh, we're getting the gist of what you're saying here. Okay, all right. You're saying that you loved Dustin May and yeah. you wish he was your brother. I think that's what he said, right? Yeah, that's about right. I think that's exactly right, that actually. His favorite all-time player. He's getting a tattoo. And okay, he yeah, lo- continue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dustin May tattoo, just like right, like tramp stamp. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> with that, being said, uh, I really respect skill set. But I also think the narrative is real here. I think the Astros are going to want to beat down the Dodgers tonight. Like, beat them yeah. down. So I'm probably not the Astros in my own lineup because I respect Dustin May that much. But, I, D, if you wanted to, like, have fun and you wanted to play a real narrative, you don't think the Astros want to pound the Dodgers after last night? I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I, I dig it. Do. Okay. Okay. So real narrative tonight. Josh, anything that just add for this this astro situation do you respect enough to not in gpps or do you think at gpps this is a prime low ownership high up thing? yeah it's definitely a prime low ownership high upside thing just to caution people though i mean yes they're probably wanting to take the heads off of the dodgers today but they probably wanted to take the heads off the dodgers after joe kelly threw at alex bregman yesterday and they had zero hits after the third inning sean so it's mm. as much mm. as this is a narrative and i think it is real just like you said 
be careful with how much exposure you have to Houston bats today because they're not they're not great plays. Yeah, I think that that's a very fair point. So you know, to that point, just just careful, have some fun with it in GPPs. Outside of that, let's let's move on to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about who the heck. Christian Javier is. Yeah, let's talk about Christian Javier. He's the sixth ranked prospect out of the Astros organization. He's facing, yeah. he has a tough, tough first start to go against the Dodgers. Probably the, one of the best offenses in baseball right now. What do you think here, Sean? Do you have any underlying things you want to tell us about Javier? Yeah, elite strikeout pitcher. Elite. I mean, we're talking his K through, his K per 2019 was over 12. Uh, so we're talking about a pitcher that is very, I mean, very strikeout dominant, uh, 14 K per nine in 2018 and a 14 in 2018. So the guy can get strikeouts, six ranked prospect in the Astros organization, it's a three pitch pitcher. So he'll throw the majority of his pitches are fastballs. He throws high, I mean, high heat, he'll hit the upper nineties. Uh, he throws a curveball and a changeup as well. So these are his three pitchers. He'll make a cutter and a slider too. Uh, on fan graphs which is a free site everybody can use them highly recommend it you guys can do exactly what i'm doing for young mlb prospects go type in on fangraphs.com any prospect that you want to see and they rank all of their pitches with all of their best scouts in the entire world that are scouting their command and how well each pitch ranks his best pitch is his curveball his second best pitch is his ball his third best pitch believe it or not, is actually his cutter. Actually, it's his slider. His slider is 50 out of 50. So anything over 50 on caps is pretty good. He has three pitches over 50, Josh. So six best prospect in the Astros organization. Strikes a ton of people out. But again, it's the Dodgers. I'm not going to take Javier against the Dodgers. Second best offense in baseball last year. The kid is skilled enough for me not to want to stack the Dodgers tonight, though. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm definitely not going to be stacking Dodgers. They make for an interesting tournament stack, though. I got to say that. Yeah. I will have maybe one or two lineups with them, but I'm not going to be overweight on them. I'd rather see how Javier is going to pitch in the majors before either using him or attacking bats against him. All right, let's get to the next Perfect. Let's move on to this next game. It's Yankees facing off against the Baltimore Orioles. We have Asher Wojciechowski on the mound. And on the other side, we have the ace, Garrett Cole. Let's talk about Cole facing off against these Baltimore Orioles hitters. Last year, Cole was amazing. Had an XFIP of 2.46, a K rate of 40%, a low walk rate. Didn't give up too much hard contact either. Sean, what do you think about Garrett Cole tonight? Yeah, look. Keep this short and sweet. Garrett Cole's an elite play, but the Baltimore Orioles also strike out less than they did last year. Pretty low strikeout rates through this entire team. So just be careful. Cole didn't look amazing in his first start. Maybe he settles in his first game jitters, playing for his childhood favorite, and he rooted for the Yankees. I don't know. I'm not going to be playing tonight, but I would totally understand why I will. I also think at cash games, he'll be super, super I own just because of name recognition. Quickly on the other side of the ball, New York Yankees come in as top three stacks in the entire bullpen's terrible they're playing in baltimore which is obviously in camden camden yards it is a super hitter friendly ballpark winds blowing out in baltimore tonight so that's another plus for him and then woge 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 i'm not even going to try to his name i, I tried to learn it last woge. night because i was trying to learn it for the around the bases woge. video that i do wojowski is as close as i got to like being that's pretty good it's it's that's all right good. it's not great yeah. but it's all right that's pretty good uh his his ground ball rate guys 35 ball rate to left 26 ground ball rate to righties he allows a ton of hard contact to lefties too so lefties are the guys that you want to circle here yankees don't have a ton of good lefties in their lineup but you can target the righties too I, i'm yeah. fine with a full 
If you want to spend up, Yankees bats are some of the best that you're going to spend up on tonight's slate. Josh, anything you want to add here? If not, let's move on. Look, you talked about the Yankees being one of your top three stacks, Sean. They're my number one tonight. I don't see a way that you can fade them. I don't believe in Wojciechowski's uh, skill set overall. His XFIP last year was terrible. His ground ball rate was terrible. Allows a lot His of fly K rate was okay. His K, K rate, rate was, was middling. Okay. It was at 22%, but it was okay. Um, his fly ball rate is absolutely insane at 51% last year. And if you have that high of a fly ball rate in Camden Yards, you're not going to fare very well. You're going to give up a There's lot of home some, runs and a lot of yeah. runs as well. So There's going to be some- I like, out of the park. I like all of the Yankees today. Honestly, there's not a single Yankee that I don't like. One of my favorites, though, is Glaber Torres. He's not a lefty. Yes, you do mostly want lefties against Waj, but Glaber Torres' second home last year was Camden Yards. He absolutely loved playing here. He had a 400 batting average. He had an OPS of 1.667. He had seven home runs here, the most in any away park. I really, really like Glaber Torres to repeat that type of performance in Camden Yards today. He's my shortstop, so yeah. I'm glad. And on FanDuel, they got him wrong completely. Yeah. He's 3,200. That yeah, makes no sense. That's baffling. No sense. That's mine. It's absolutely insane that they priced him that low. So, yeah, you can load up on some Glaber today. Makes no sense at all. Let's move on to the next game here. Yeah, let's move on to this next game. It's the Cardinals facing off against the Twins. We have Rich Hill on the mound for the Twins. And on the other side, we have Daniel Ponce de Leon for the Cardinals. Let's talk about Rich Hill first. He's making his first start of the year. News is that he's probably going to have a limited pitch count. Sean, what do you think about him today? Yeah, just so many ground balls that this guy always gets. He's got in his entire career 65% to lefties, 47% to righties. I want guys that and I want guys that aren't going to be inducing ground balls. So for that reason, I'm not going to touch any St. Louis hitters tonight. Uh, then on the other side of the mound, you have Ponce de Leon, who, you know, this isn't a, a super respectable arm. His K rate, 25%, so, something that I certainly do respect. But his hard contact at 38 and 33, it's just not going to get you out of bed. It's not going to get you excited. And you mix in a pretty good ground ball rate of 48% too. Josh, this is going to be a quick game for me because I, I know the Twins have an explosive offense. We saw that last night. They can score against anybody. But I respect St. Louis's bullpen a ton. Top five bullpen in all of baseball last year. Ponce de Leon is a enough pitcher where I don't want to target twin sitters. If you're going to do it, maybe do it with a one-off. Maybe do it with Nelson Cruz, potentially one of the hottest hitters. Not even potentially. Probably the hottest hitter in all of baseball to start the season. Uh, if you wanted to just target one twin hitter, you could lock in Nelson Cruz. You're going to pay a lot for him. Uh, but out Cruz, Josh, I'm probably going to have a complete stay-away spot from every pitcher in this game. And every bat. You hit the nail on the head. Rich Hill, we don't know what we're going to see from him tonight. No reason to target Rich Hill against a St. Louis team that doesn't strike out. Yeah, on the St. Louis side, I don't mind taking Paul Goldschmidt against Rich Hill. Has yeah. good history against him. Has been a lefty smasher basically his whole career. Not yeah. a terrible option, but I'm definitely not stacking St. Louis. And on the Minnesota side, like what you said about Nelson Cruz. I like Nelson Cruz quite a bit today. Also yeah. like Luis Arias. He got the leadoff spot today. He's not hey. a, He's not a power hitter or anything. You're not going to see a home run out of Arias. Though he I is have- hitting we got the Twins lineup. Yeah, party. we got nice. the Twins lineup. So I, I do like Luis Arias quite a bit. He's not going to strike out against Ponce de Leon. He has a really good strikeout rate last year against righties, and he's just a really good contact hitter. The best thing about him, though, is that he's super low-priced on DraftKings and very low-priced on FanDuel as well. He's a good value play. So I like Luis Arias and Nelson Cruz for a little mini stack on this Twins team. 
I think that's a, a great take, and I would just go one step further. Probably one of the best mini stacks on the entire slate. Outside of those two, I would not go full stack. Don't go no. more than two twin sitters tonight. Yep, Don't do com- that. Completely agree. Let's move on to this All next right. game, Sean. Let's talk about the Padres facing off against the Giants. We have Johnny Cueto on the mound for the Giants, and on the other side, we have Chris Paddock. I'll start off with Chris Paddock. He had an exit before Pono. 4.09 last year, a 26% K rate, a 5% walk rate. I like Paddock quite a bit. The Giants have started off absolutely terribly so far this year. Bottom three in weighted runs created, bottom three in Woba, bottom three in batting average, bottom 10 in strikeout rate. They just don't look very good. And the best thing is for Chris Paddock is that this is a major pitcher's park in San Fran and Oracle Arena. So I, I like Paddock quite a bit for his price tag over on DraftKings. And even on FanDuel, it's not that terrible. I'm a big Paddock fan. Sean, are you? Yes, he's my number one pitcher on tonight's slate. Just because of the matchup, the San Francisco team is terrible. So many strikeouts all up and down this lineup. The only guy on the team that doesn't have a 20% strikeout rate, one through eight, is Wilmer Flores at 10%. So, you, I mean, you have strikeouts galore. Super talented young pitcher um, in Chris Paddock. And, and just top to bottom, I'm not worried about anybody in the lineup. So you mix good skill set with him, high strikeouts, top to bottom, Really good K rate against right-handed hitters, which he'll be facing a good amount of tonight. He has a good K rate against lefties, too. Chris Paddock's just a good all-around pitcher. Uh, tonight's going to be a, a smooth sailing game for him, and you hit the nail on the head. San Francisco, the number one pitcher's park in all of baseball. There is no park that's bigger, no park that's harder to hit in. Because of that, you want to roster pitchers in San Francisco. Tonight, Chris Paddock staring you right in the face. This is the guy that you want to spend up on at the pitcher position. I said that I wasn't going to play Jacob deGrom. I also said that I wasn't going to play Garrett Cole. Chris Paddock is my guy right now tonight at the pitcher position, Josh. Definitely. Let's talk about this other side. We have Johnny Cueto. You talked about wanting to play pitchers in this park, but we're not playing Johnny Cueto tonight, right? Um, no. No, no, no. You're <laughs> not. But I will say this. like Johnny Cueto, he's sneaky good, man. He is sneaky good because Cueto is – we talked about him, ironically, on the opening day slate, and, and he's one of those guys. Like he'll, He's going to mix it up. He'll stand like a peacock on the mound. He's going to mix it up with every single pitch. He'll quick pitch you. He'll do everything to keep you off balance. And this San Diego team, while they have a lot of star power in this lineup with Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., obviously his dad was a beast, Eric Hosmer, Tommy Pham, the new addition of him, Will Myers, Jerkson Profar from the range. So many talented players on this team. The problem is they all strike out a lot, like a lot. So because of that, I think Johnny Cueto makes for an interesting GPP play. He's not safe enough to play in cash games. Don't get me wrong. But I think you could certainly consider him in tournaments. And then let me go one step further. If you want to take one hitter from the entire game, I think Eric Hosmer is your guy. You want lefties against Cueto, uh, do not play a righty against Cueto. Don't do it. Like, no Machado, no Tatis, no Tommy Pham, no Will Myers. You want lefties. So it would either be Trent Grisham, second-year player, former Milwaukee Brewer, or Eric Cosmer, and Hosmer's been smoking out to start off the season. So I think Hosmer's one-off makes for a fun, fun play. Uh, Outside of him, I probably wouldn't touch anybody else from this game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Let's move on to the last game of the slate, Sean. It's the Mariners facing off against the Angels. Andrew Heaney is on the mound for the Angels tonight, and on the other side we have Justin Dunn. Let's talk about Andrew Heaney first, Sean. I see the chatter around the industry, and I see everyone talking about, oh, Heaney's a great play today. He's such a low price tag. He's going up against the Mariners. What an awful fish play from the industry here. I cannot believe that people are talking this guy up. I mean, you look at the st- statistics last year, ground ball rate, 
extremely low at 35%, not good at all. Fly ball rate, extremely high at 43%, not good. Hard contact rate, one of the highest on the slate at 48%. Sean, please tell me you agree with me here. Please tell me that you are fading Andrew Heaney completely because I know I am. You know what I'm I'm really mad at, Josh? Typically, you and I go like really at it for one spot. And I was genuinely sitting here on the edge of my seat. This is the last game of the slate. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I'm going to get to dig into Josh. The gloves are off. We're about to go to war. Andrew Heaney, complete trap. I know Josh is going to play him tonight. No. And then, no. And then, and no. then that. Yeah. So no. boring. You know, to that point, guys, guys I'm going to agree when I agree. And, and truthfully, I think Heaney is not. I, I think that the rest of the DFS, Josh is right. This is a guy. He gets 10%. But every statistic really alarming. His growth is the highest on tonight. He allows most that are. That's correct. So. You know, for me, I you should uh, hopefully this this helps with my mic. I know that I was having some choppiness. Oh, that issues. helps. That helps a ton, Sean. That helps a ton. Yeah, so go over go. go over what you talked about with Andrew Heaney because I don't think okay. anyone was is going to be able to hear a bit of that. Okay, I'll start really quick. Get into it. That's my fault, guys. I, I'm just going to say this: Andrew Heaney has the highest hard contact rate of all 18 starting pitchers on tonight's slate. If he's going to be the chop meaning he's going to be the most popular-owned pitcher on tonight's slate, we're going to make it 6-0 and tonight. He will be, we, Sean. He will be. I, I can, I'm not going to guarantee anything because right, I don't well, want to get easy. It's an easy win tonight. Then. I, feel pretty, I feel pretty good that he's going to be the highest-owned pitcher on the slate. Yeah, it's an easy, easy win tonight then, guys. Uh, well, I'm looking like just at all the deeper analytics here, and, and like Kyle Seager might even be a lock and load in yeah. all formats. Mm-hmm. And, and looking like... At all of these, I know that the Mariners suck, and I know that their offense is terrible, but Andrew Heaney is somebody that allows so many hard hits and so many fly balls. He's going to give up one or two home runs. So just pick your spots right here, and and you're going to have a huge leverage over the field because not only is the field going to play Andrew Heaney, you're going to be having bats against him. So when he moves backwards, you're going to move five steps forwards like Josh to me even in cash games Seattle mini stack Seattle full stack it all makes sense to me it all makes sense yeah and the big thing for me that I can't understand where the industry is coming from with Heaney is that he only had around 70 pitches opening day and it was because of a sore back issue it's not going to get better in a few days this is something that's going to bug him for the probably a few weeks I can't see him go, even if he does have a good game against the Seattle team, which I don't think he does, but even if he does, I don't see him going deep into this game, which means he's not going to give you much fantasy output. He's an awful play, like a serious, awful play for me. Yeah, Vegas, by the way, guys, Vegas has the the LA Angels at a minus 235 favorite for tonight's game. That's why people are going to play Heaney. There's your answer. That's why you know that Heaney will be chalked. Because a lot of people, D, as we wrap this entire podcast up, lots of people love to just target pitchers that are heavy favorites and not look at the underlying stats. So, you know, because of that, you gain a a pretty substantial edge on the field in this game. What what are your thoughts, D, just kind of on, uh, on fading a very popular Andrew Heaney tonight? 
Yeah, it's, you know, it, it never ceases to surprise me how much um, crap you guys know about baseball. It's just like every time I'm just flabbergasted with uh, um, how deep how deep you're into this. You guys are into it deep. Um, I like it all. I've almost got my lineup done. But do you guys mind if I put you both on the spot real quick before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Me and my other like fledgling daily fantasy betters up there because I have my lineup based on everything that you guys have said. I've picked my guys. I've made the choices that feel good to me. I need from you um, some advice on some infielders here. And I, I need each of you to tell me um, your best $3,000 second or third baseman. Fife, we'll start with you. Um, it doesn't. We're not going to hold it to you, but I, I just want you to just hammer it out there. Your best value, $3,000 second or third baseman. Um, same with you, uh, Josh. I Go think, okay, so I, I'm going to just start here, Josh, and I'm going to say find a way to get $200. Find a yeah. way to get $200 on DraftKings because you need Luis Arias in your lineup. Yes. You need Luis Arias. So find a way to, to drop somewhere to get Luis Arias. And also when you're building lineups at home, guys, try to correlate. So you have a total of eight position players on your, your lineup on DraftKings. Your correlation, for those that don't know, should look something like this. Four players from one team, two from another, two from another. So that would be called a 4-2-2. Two, two. A 3-3-2. Three, three, uh, a two-two-two-two, so you could do four mini stacks, and that would be a well-correlated lineup. What you don't want to see, and this is good, good to just talk about it out loud. You don't want to see a lineup with a bunch of one-offs. In other words, you don't want to see a lineup with a lot of players that are only the only guy that you have from that team. Rather, um, so in other words, what you should be looking for if you're playing Luis Arias is playing Nelson Cruz in the outfield, so that you have a two-man stack there, a mini stack. Uh, and then correlate elsewhere. So that, you know, D, you'll probably walk away from the podcast and still be messing around with things and playing around with things. But the best MLB lineups, unlike NBA, NBA, you can play all the one-offs in the world. NFL, you can play all the one-offs in the world. MLB, the best way to maximize the return on your investment is to correlate. It's to build those 3-3-2 stacks or those 4-2-2 stacks. Uh, or you could even do a 4-3-1 if you're going to do one one-off. You could do a 4-3-1 as your correlated build. So, you know, I don't, know why i started talking about that but i think that that'll give <laughs> that'll give people good guidance on how to build their own personal lineups at home you just helped you just helped me tremendously with this awesome. this balance that i'm finding there and uh my my lineup's taking shape based on your advice i was inadvertently doing that and not even understanding that i was doing that on to you uh josh i need a three thousand dollar third baseman out of you man Look, in order to get this thing locked and loaded i've got something better for you d i've got oh. a i've got a third baseman that's two thousand dollars and Whoa. is a great play i hope you have salvador perez after we talked him up so much because it's a correlation with salvador perez franco at two thousand and the four Whoa. hole is insane that they have him at 2k you I'm jumping should, in this fifteen hundred dollar contest. On you game. need to be playing Michael Franco today because he's a great play, and it should give you a thousand dollars to work with now, D. So now you can go pay up somewhere else, either it be your outfield know, or it's a, it's a great play. I like Franco. You just gave me another thousand dollars. This is awesome. There you go, there you fellas. Go. What a phenomenal uh, show, you guys. I can't wait for people to hear this and get this out there. And uh, I'm learning more every minute that you guys talk about this. It's such a helpful uh, piece of information. And you know how much this is helping me to go um, to bet online 
and bet on these games now too. I have a whole nother yeah, breadth of, of handicapping knowledge that I'm bringing to playing my baseball bets today. It's like super freaking exciting. I appreciate you guys doing this. Of course, you can find both these guys. Uh, Roto Radar is the place to, to go and, and show up. Sean, why don't you give a quick plug on Roto Radar and, and, and what people can expect to find there, and then I'm going to close out the show. Absolutely, guys. If you guys enjoyed what you heard today on, on the podcast, head over to rotoradar.net. You'll be able to find everything that you need uh, to, to have success on daily fantasy sports, not just on baseball, but on basketball, football, esports, NHL, anything, NASCAR, PGA. We have the best pros in the entire world. Some of the top ranked pros, some pros that have been to multiple live finals before. These guys are the best at what they do. And we provide podcasts just like you heard for free today, every single day, Monday through Friday, Josh and I do for every NBA and MLB slate. Uh, every single weekday. So head over if you guys enjoyed the content. We also provide, obviously, articles. We provide uh, lineups. You'll be able to play the exact same lineup that I'm betting thousands of dollars on in your contest tonight if you sign up on our website. Uh, so anyways, with all that being said, it was a, a fantastic show today. Super excited to have baseball back in full swing. Let's make it 6-0 and tonight, D. Yeah, I love it. I can't wait to uh, actually maybe submit a lineup and uh, and and see if uh, I can I can do this, you guys. Um, hey, this has been the Under Review Show. Every Wednesday, we break down daily fantasy, man. We 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 pivot and deviate from the norm for a couple of reasons. This is a ton of fun. You probably don't know a lot about it if you if you're like me, and it's going to help you bet better overall. Uh, it's phenomenal stuff. Uh, thank you so much, Fife Dog and Optimus Rhyme, for coming by today and helping me out with this. Uh, this is the Under Review Show. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on the iTunes. You can find us at underreviewshow.com. And uh, you can find us all over the uh, the interwebs um, at uh, betonline underscore AG on the Twit machine. I'm Damon D. Thanks for tuning in. Adios, muchachos.